Welcome back. This is Pretty Little Grown Men. We are on our second episode as we dive into Season 5, Episode 4 of Pretty Little Liars. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm David Greenwald. And I am Dom Sinicola. And so this week we're talking about, um, what is this episode called? It's called Throne from the Ride. Thrown from the ride, which we don't see really any cars driving around in this episode. No, I was so wondering why it was called that. Actually. Maybe it has to do with Allie's injury, her mysterious injury. <gasps> That's right. Oh, good call. Yes. Thrown from the ride. Well, so uh, this is an interesting episode. Um, just like episode three, I, I thought it was pretty low key, mm -hmm. a lot of emotions running, not necessarily as suspenseful or, or um, gritty or murderous as we've seen in the past. So the show, I think, is settling into its early season rhythm yeah uh, uh it did feel like a stopgap of sorts um you're right uh, as we were talking earlier it did feel like it was developing some sort of uh um slower but uh important emotional beats especially with uh, mona um, yes so do you want to talk about mona a little bit yeah i you know she's a really i really liked her development in this episode because the show was really good about having its actors just be a little more edgy or a little more dark. You know, mm -hmm. when we thought Ezra was going to be A at, during last season, you know, he's a little more flighty. He's a little more <laughs> nervous. And I think we saw that with Mona in this episode where she was a little more aggressive, a little more on edge. We see her uh, coming into her own as a, a public villain. Uh, and constantly being flanked by her nerd squad. Her, her minions were constantly with her. Yes, we see her sitting at a uh, out for coffee with a couple of people who we don't recognize, just some random extras. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. With glasses and uh, sweater vests. I don't. We were talking about this a little bit during the episode. Is when does Mona have time to do her homework? <laughs> That's you a know? good point. You're she's always stalking everybody. She's scheming. <laughs> she's she's yeah. She's out in the trees. You know, it's like you would think some of these characters. I know reality is not the show's. Thing. But, you know, at least we see some of the characters, like, going to meet with the principal and having some veneer of, you know, mm -hmm. acknowledgement that they go to school. Oh, I always, I always enjoy when uh, when Spencer seems to realize that she has missed, a, missed studying for, like, her, her physics test, and she starts freaking out, you know, because that's, that's always just like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that feeling. I remember, like, coming to school and be like, holy shit, I, I forgot I had this test. Oh, yeah, I mean, there was a... There was, there was a point in the show where they were worried about college. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I guess they're going to go do that maybe someday. And, like, you know, maybe by episode, like, 10, it'll yeah. settle down enough so they can think about college. Have they ever talked about college plans at all? I, oh, I mean, it, with Emily, they did. With Emily, and then Spencer um, got rejected from where did she apply to the, where all the Hastings went. Did, was it Brown? Yeah, was it a real college? She, yeah, I think it was. She applies somewhere uh, and does not get in, and her parents are like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so yeah, it's it seems like they have really checked out pretty hard on that. But you know, anyway, um, so this was kind of an interesting episode. We see we see Hannah's new hair hairstyle, which she's going in for at the end of the yeah. episode three. And uh, Arya compliments her on it, which of course Arya would like that haircut. It's very very Aria-like hair. Yeah, it's very, like, you know, Hot Topic, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yeah. She's got some dark streaks going for some reason. Now Hannah's wearing all the, the red lipstick to match. Has her has her shirts all buttoned up to the collar. No. Yeah, 
she Arya kind of had a little bit of a different style this episode. She had a nice a nice hat, mm -hmm. kind of a wool like felt hat. I did like the hat. Yeah. yeah. It was a little bit more grown up than her than her usual uh, her usual look. Uh, exactly. Um, and uh, in the same scene in which Arya complimented Hannah's hair, uh, we find that uh, um, Arya found is it was a copy of uh, Shauna's Scarlet Letter. It's it's not the Scarlet Letter. It's a different book. Oh, but a book that had been Shauna's, and she has all these underlines in it, and Arya is fixated on it, and she says. This has to do with you and me and mm -hmm. and Allison and I thought that was actually an interesting um, an interesting thing because the show has really positioned diaries and books and you know Ezra's writing a book mm -hmm. and they have Allie's journals and all these you know I think that's an interesting contrast to uh, the texting mm -hmm. and the internet stuff and the emails and I think we see the books and the journals as like um, revealers of truth, yeah. whereas texts are always lies. That's actually a really great point. Um, you know, and this there's actually a few points during this episode when um, it seemed like technology uh, felt a little bit, or it felt like the characters didn't totally understand technology. I mean, something as, as, as small as um, there's the brief scene where Allison is texting Emily, and she writes A, like, you know, dash A. Right. Um, which is, uh, it's a funny little beat, but at the same time, it's like, who, what What teenager feels like they, feels the need to, to sign their text? That seems like something that, like, a 60-year-old mom would do. You and know, I, I have two thoughts on that. One is that Allison has been out of circulation for two years, mm. you know, using burner phones or whatever, so she doesn't have an iPhone. She's not used to like. You think she's she's still using like a some protected number or something? I mean, I th I just think maybe she's not even familiar with like iMessage or what WhatsApp or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe she's like just not used to the technology. Mm. That's explanation one, which is you know whatever. But explanation two, I thought you know they're trying to tell us something. She's going to sign a dash A, and it's a completely natural thing for her to do. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. which I thought was, I don't know what they're trying to tell us about her role as an A or if there's an intimation there. But, um, it, you know, that's just her natural instinct is to sign her text that way. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of, I thought that was too, uh, too obvious a thing to show us, you know. Yeah, it was, it was obvious. And, uh, but that does lead me to, uh, um, Something I want to say, but first I wanted to, to mention that uh, I think I might as well just go and say my favorite quote from from the whole episode yeah, is favorite quote is uh, Spencer telling Arya that she needs to stop and take a psychological selfie. That was great. That was great. <laughs> because which is you know which is just a, a very uh, young hip way of saying um, you need to stop and look at yourself, but. Uh, yeah. In the mirror of your yeah, iPhone yeah, front-facing yeah. camera. <laughs> um, but to move on from that, um, uh, last week we talked about how the show no longer has these um, sort of A epilogues. Yes. Um, and so for the uh, second and third episode, it was someone, well, actually first, second, and third episode, it was someone dying. Um, mm. And so maybe in some ways that uh, was showing a, a 
was sort of intimating who A could be. In this episode, the last scene is Allie looking at, I don't know, it looked like a, we weren't really sure what it was. It almost looked like a, like a fuck Allison Tumblr or something. Yeah, a live journal page <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, and, you know, and she's obsessively looking at it, and when Spencer finds her at first, she's very sad, but at the end of, at the, end of the episode, Allison is looking at this, this, this page and almost has, like, a vindictive look on her face, like she's plotting something once right. again. And um, that really makes me think that either there's something very much deeper going on with Allison, and she is as vindictive and scheming as ever, and all of this, like, psychological trauma that she appears to be going through is just a ruse, or that we are now about to see the tables turned as far as... Allison plotting something similar to what Mona had plotted towards the girls and is going to turn the tables on her. Right. And I would like to see that. I, I think her trauma is very real. I think we see her going to the doctor, um, which is a scene where she is clearly under distress. She does not want to be, you know, have this physical um, with her dad. She's very emotional. And she's someone who we know to be manipulative, but the Allison we've seen this season. I think is very different, very traumatized than the one we see in the multiple flashbacks who seems so sure of herself and composed. And I think, I, I don't see her faking this. I think she is mm -hmm. very much, she's, she's really shell-shocked and she's getting back and getting back home and has to deal with all these, with real life again after just kind of gallivanting around a little yeah. bit and having this scary but adventurous thing. Mm -hmm. And now she has to deal with her life again. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about her dad, who is sure. a new, a new, really a new character on the show. We hadn't seen much of him, and um, you were saying, you know, this is the guy who kind of got the raw deal in all this, right? Yeah, he, you know, he just he seems to be trying so hard. At first, it's kind of strange because he doesn't seem to be as deeply affected by all of the trauma that has has occurred in his life as of late. But um, I think it's just he's just really trying his best to struggle with uh, what appears to be him continuously getting the shit end of the stick. And so, you know, first it's um, his uh, first it's his wife cheating on him and having an illegitimate child with, uh, with Spencer's dad, Mr. Hastings, and then it's the uh, death of his daughter, or the supposed death of his daughter, and prob he probably, if he had any in, like any sort of intuition about what was going on, knew that something was going on, something super shady was happening, uh, and then his daughter coming back, and almost immediately, and probably uh, not long before his daughter comes back, his wife is just basically going off the deep end, and um, and then she ends up dead. Like, the guy just like, can't fucking catch a break. Right, and I think, you know, the actor who plays him, I think, does a really good job with just the line ratings in this episode. Mm -hmm. They come across as so awkward, so halting. You know, you really get the sense, here is this grown man who doesn't know how to interact with his daughter, who is becoming an adult and who's gone through this unimaginable thing that he mm -hmm. can't really grapple with. And, yeah, I thought, you know, this is a show where you could call it a soap opera and it can be cheesy at times and it's intended for teenagers but i think you know occasionally there's a really sharp acting performance and i i think yeah. his and this supporting role is, is very good yeah um do you want to talk real briefly about uh 
Hannah played a really strange role in, the, in this episode, I, I felt. Um, the Something that I almost didn't understand when she was... And maybe this was just used as sort of like a plot device to get her to this realization, which is when she steals the 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 outfit from the from the, from the the store at the mall. She blows up at Spencer on the phone and basically says like, "I don't want to be your messenger anymore. I don't want to be like the the go between." But before that, she's asking Spencer like, "Why? Oh, you talked to Allison, and Allison didn't tell you about this." This, right. Uh, recording, which was so seems so important. Which seems so, ago. yeah. And 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 before that, Hannah appears to have, be having some sort of like weird, almost like ho- like hallucinatory psychological breakdown while she's in the in the dressing room. Yeah. That 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 was really odd. I didn't it's understand. A, it's that. yeah. It's a claustrophobic moment, and we're not really sure if it. See, I thought she was going to get locked in the dressing room, and it was going to be like this a scene. Yeah. But it wasn't. And I wonder, in the scene before, when she goes to the doctor with Allison, and she's trying to find out what is this mysterious wound on Allison's thigh, which looks pretty serious, and Allie doesn't want to tell her about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it cuts to the next scene. Did Allie tell her about whatever this horrible thing was? Mm-hmm. And she, like, doesn't know how to deal with it, and she's freaking out. Because uh, otherwise, why would she be so panicky mm-hmm. and wanting to act out and just, you know... Go a little, a little nuts. Do you ever think that the show would go so far as to um, have some of the things? And I don't, I don't think the show's ever done this, but to have some things happen to the characters that turns out are hallucinations, are only in their head, driven to that point by the psychological trauma that they are continuously experiencing. I think, yeah, I don't. I think that's a realistic thing. I think. I mean, that was one of the things with Allison, where each of the girls, each of the liars saw her, and it was unclear, is this a dream? Is this a fantasy? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that she was, in fact, real. But I think, especially with last season, where Spencer has the film noir episode, where she's on drugs, and she completely loses yeah, it, and it goes into this whole inner space... And she wakes up and kind of realizes, oh, that was just a dream, but I learned something from it, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't think the show is against that, but I think it does try to keep things pretty straightforward and not give us too many moments where it's magic or it was a dream or, mm-hmm. you know, I, it uses those tools sparingly. Um, there was one moment, uh, now that we're talking about this, there's one moment that was... Uh, I found I actually found kind of touching, even though it was a really really odd moment because I never knew that this was a, po- a thing that was possible. But when Arya is watching the the funeral, first watching the funeral of, of Shauna, yes, um, which she just finds by googling. Yeah, she finds this. She's been looking for headlines for for days mm-hmm. about her dying and yeah. and how this happened, and then she finds this video. You know, it must be YouTube. It's not branded in any way, but yeah, it's this video of. Um, I guess her grandmother or someone performing this gospel song at an open casket funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's it, if after you get over sort of you know like the, the I, I thought like very gracefully shot um, uh, sadness that Arya is going through, especially a character that I really don't usually give a shit about. Um, 
the way that she obsessively watches it too almost sets up for that she's going to see like a clue at mm-hmm. the funeral, you know. And right. but, but then it just becomes strictly an obsession. Right. And we do see there is a moment of like of of um not magical realism but of uh like psychosis or seeing something that mm-hmm. isn't there where she sees Shauna sit up in the yeah. in the grave. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she scrolls back and she doesn't see it again. Right. But that was a really like, whoa, <laughs> mm. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, uh, we see Lucas again. He He's uh, becoming more of a sympathetic character. Um, you know, he doesn't know what's actually going on with Allison, but he seems to be, you know, I don't know, reformed, a nice guy again. He, well, he seems conflicted. Yeah. He doesn't seem he doesn't really have the same It's his new facial hair. Yes, he has a new a new sort of a beard. It's not really a beard, it's just some you know, some hairs that are coming in <laughs> around the lines. He's, of, looking, of his, he's of looking his inside like a man now. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's he's he's kind of what I almost expected more of the characters to be like, where it's been two years mm-hmm. and this person is coming back having been thought to be dead and having experienced some trauma of, you know, of some sort, yeah. I think his reaction is totally reasonable to be like, okay, she's just some person and she was a bully, but I've kind of moved on and I think you're a little bit crazy, Mona. <laughs> and I think Paige has kind of the same reaction in this episode too, where yeah. Paige says one of the best lines of the episode and she tells Mona, um, uh, let me find it, I wrote this down. She says something about how you know, do you ever wonder when you became the thing that you that you hated? Mm-hmm. And so I think having Mona have to deal with Lucas and Paige, who are these conflicted characters, is really interesting and really tense because we don't really know where their loyalties are going to be or how that will play out in the inevitable nerd squad Allison yeah. uh, battle that, that I think is going to shape the rest of this season. Uh, yeah. Um... And that makes me wonder, too, about uh, the new swimmer, the new character, Sydney, Sydney Driscoll. Uh-huh. Um, I do wonder if she's... A, either she is only a plot device to bring together Paige and Emily, which seems ridiculous, because she's, she's not really well-developed, but she's slightly too developed to be a plot device. And she's very curious. And she's very curious. She, I, I, she's got to be a plant. Uh huh. You know, like probably working with Mona. Sure. Yeah, I think you know she's going to be one of these characters who comes in for the season and doesn't do a whole lot, and maybe seems important for a minute, and then ends up not being important. Mm. I don't think she's going to be another Shauna. I think she's just going to be someone who passes through the the season, and in season six we won't even remember that she did anything. Yeah. Should we talk about the? Um, Spencer's dad and the the case against uh, Mr. Hastings versus Mrs. De Laurentiis. Uh, sure, yeah, let's do this. Uh, so the let's talk about Mrs. Hastings, right? Who doesn't want to open up to Spencer, but then Spencer finally says, "I don't want to be in this alone." Mm-hmm. And the mom, who's been I think very very uh, uh, humanistic in the last few episodes, she had some good quips. She had some singers <laughs> so far this season. She says, "Yeah, I don't want to be alone either." All right, fine. I'll just I'll just tell you what's going on. <laughs> and they have like a real mother daughter moment, which mm. we have not seen on this show at all. No, She's been yeah. such a such a hard ass. Yeah, 
Yeah, and um, I mean, she really all she does is really confirm the suspicions that have been going on. Which a lot that, that's what happens in a lot in this episode is it's just sort of confirming suspicions uh, and just to, to sort of build the, the tension and the case against well, especially against Mr. Hastings. There's the whole idea about his um, his high blood pressure pills, which. As soon as Spencer hears about that, she knows is the case. But then it takes her to see, it takes her seeing the pills to actually like, you know, dread that her dad um, is the murderer. Right. Um, well, there's there's a few questionable things about this. They go in for toxicology on Mrs. DeLaurentis's body, and Allie says we got the toxicology back. First of all, that takes four to six weeks, <laughs> yeah. which which I can tell you from reporting on the deaths of, of many celebrities during yeah. my Access Hollywood days. You do not get that stuff overnight. Right. So I think the show is probably shortening that timeline for mm-hmm. us, and Allie's not making it up. Yeah. But we find out that she died from this having the wrong medication for her blood pressure, which we then find in Mr. Hastings' cabinet. Uh-huh. But the other thing is we find this, this uh, rodent poison right. out in the barn. With a, with a receipt attached to it, which is no, that's not that seems like totally an oversight on Spencer's part to not automatically investigate that. Uh huh. Um, as she, side note, as she's leading on this poor guy who she's been leading on for fucking ever. Oh yeah, this character, this character, <laughs> poor dude. I, you know, yeah. I, this is kind of one of the funny things of the show is that she keeps coming back to this guy Andrew, who's in like knowledge bowl or whatever with her smart guy buffer than he should be given that he's a nerd. you know a nerd yeah. and she like seduces him in one episode she gets drugs from him and he's always like well you know maybe and this this episode <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was great that he actually was like so are we gonna make out or are we just like am i just you know doing doing gardening for you right now yeah, and then and then Spencer has the talk with her. Well, then well then he goes home after basically being worked to death by Spencer's mom, who's you know going through her own uh, what Spencer called displaced fear, um, and, uh, and Spencer's like, well, you know, I said that I'd make him dinner for all the help today, and then she has all these revelations and talks and goes and talks to Allison, and so that when when he finally comes back to have dinner, she's like freaking out and like. I can imagine that the dinner wasn't that great. And it's like, this poor dude. He's oh, just yeah. hoping for, like, one nice night with this girl that he obviously is in love with. Right. <laughs> yeah. that's. I think that's a nice touch. I, I like that this, this episode had a lot of just, like, awkward teenage moments that didn't feel like part of this horrible slasher movie, but just felt like what it's like to be in high school and be awkward and have to deal with these people you see every day. And, you know, and this is actually something that something that uh, Allison said, which I really liked, was she said, you know, what's it, isn't it weird, something, something along the lines of, like, isn't it weird to realize that your, your parent could do something like this? Uh-huh. And when she's talking to Spencer... And and that's and we we talked about this many times before because that's always like what I was com- what I come back to as sort of at the core of the show is the terrifying reality that that adulthood that adults are just that they aren't that safety net that growing up it does not mean that things get better or that things are safer or that even being an adult means that there's like that that there's this. Uh, mode of safety surrounding you like it only gets worse as you get older right and they try to get out of that through these lies and i think we see allison 
you know, lying to the doctor and coming up with all these new things and tape recording herself so all of her friends can be aware of this, like, lie she's concocting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point, it's been five seasons, I'm very confused about her motivations yeah. in continuing to lie. Mm -hmm. Is it because she still thinks she has some enemy out there? Is it because she doesn't know how to do anything else? Right. And I think she's just really unwilling to be honest and and trust in anyone. And that is like a really a, a, a deeply um, depressing thing to mm -hmm. see if that's what she's really going through. Because at this point, I don't see her having any real you know, plot-driven reason to do that. I think it comes out of her, and she that's just the kind of person she is. Well, that's the, that's the main question. So so then what are the questions that we're left with, then? The main question is... Well, so should we, should we talk about the theory? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I really want to. So the theory is that we were talking about all these characters' motivations, and I think Mona is pretty clear. She just really hates Allison. She really wants to run the school... And have and transform herself, and so her her arc I think is pretty clear. Mm -hmm. But we were thinking back about the NAT club and a lot of the season one stuff, and where Melissa fits in, and really, um, why does Mrs. De Laurentiis die? Who yeah. is she trying to protect? Mm -hmm. And I think the only person who seems reasonable to me is Jason. Right. Um, and so then, so then it's it, it begs the question: What does Jason know? Why does he need to be protected? Why then? So, so then, so then you take it back further. So, Mrs. De Laurentiis is protecting Jason because he attempted to kill Allie. Why did he attempt to kill Allie? And I think this takes us to Melissa mm -hmm. because we know, first of all, Jason and Melissa are related mm -hmm. uh, through through Mister Hastings' infidelities. They do not know this at first, right. and they come to find out later, I guess. Um, but potentially, Allie knew it first and was blackmailing someone yes. with that information. Well, she was blackmailing Mr. Hastings, Mr. Hastings. I think we know. Yes. Um, but so the thing that seemed natural was we know that Jason and Melissa had hooked up. Uh, that's something that's been on the show, or at least is on... Pretty Little Liars wiki pages that we were, <laughs> we were Googling tonight. So I wonder, you know, her shotgun marriage to Ian, yeah. maybe she was pregnant with Jason's baby. Jason's baby, yeah, and was covering it up. And um... and what if that was the video, the video of Jason and Melissa hooking up that, um, that Allie had in the first place Yeah, that she was using, you know, to blackmail everyone? Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this theory. I think it makes so much sense. So then, um, and we haven't talked about this part, how does this then connect to Radley? Because originally, right. we thought that Radley is sort of at the core of all of this. Right. We know Mrs. D was on the board. Mm -hmm. We know just about everyone has passed through it. Mm -hmm. um, it's where Toby's mom dies. I don't know how this connects to the pregnancy theory. And at this point... It was so confusing about when Melissa was pregnant, when she had an abortion, when she had a miscarriage, where she was at these times, that I would really have to go back and watch season one and two again to remember. But I think... So the timeline when, before Allison disappeared or was 
you know, ostensibly killed. The, the night of Allison's disappearance, let's say. Yeah, but even before that, when sure. um, they went to that resort, and we found out that Allison, Melissa, Ian, Melissa and then presumably Jason, right, were all at this resort at the same time. Uh-huh. So maybe, and then and then we also know that Allison and, and Ian hooked up. Right. Everyone has hooked up on this show because yeah. it is also a Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe they just yeah. Maybe, maybe Ian told Allison. Yeah. Or maybe he maybe Ian was the one who had video because he was always shooting videos. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Allison got the video from Ian of of Jason with his half sister. And then and then and then Allison knew that uh, uh, her mom and Mr. Hastings were having an affair, so she connected the dots that that Melissa and Jason were related. Uh huh. And yeah, and then um, presumably blackmailed uh, Mr. Hastings, um, and then somehow Jason found out. Uh huh. And tried, and probably in some drug fueled rage. Sure. Tried to kill her, or maybe accidentally killed her. Mrs. De Laurentiis saw this. Right. Uh, freaked out. Buried Allison because she figured that if there's no body... There's no evidence. There's no evidence. And then the that old crazy lady dug up Allison. Right. And Allison... And Al, Mrs. De Laurentiis doesn't know that Allison doesn't know who hit her. Right. This is a crucial point, I think. Yes. Because she thinks that when she finds out Allie is alive, she's going to send that email probably to Jason saying, I can't protect you anymore. Because she thinks Allie knows that Jason hit and attempted to kill her. Yes. Whereas Allie does not know, mm-hmm. which changes the whole ball game. Right. And that's why she's trying to frame Spencer, which is what makes Mr. Hastings the prime murder suspect. Although I don't think he did it. Maybe Jason killed Mrs. De Laurentiis. That is a totally reasonable thing because yeah. he is very sketchy in, mm-hmm. in this season. And, you know, when we've seen him lately, he there were times where he's been a, a heroic character. He's been kind of a vigilante trying to get answers about his sister. But we've also seen him be very, very dark and abrupt. And I wonder what's gone on off camera with him. Uh, certainly meetings with some of these other characters, maybe people we haven't seen, like Jenna, mm-hmm. um, that's changed his viewpoint. And I think we've seen that, you know, with, with several of these characters where they're going down one path for a while and then circumstances change and all of a sudden they become a, a different kind of character. So we really don't know what to expect from him. And there's and there's nothing... Um, the show has gone this route before with Fitz. Uh, right. The whole idea that positioning them as... Uh, as a murderer when that person was only trying to get enough information to expose the lie. Now this can also work the other way around where positioning him as a vigilante, trying to get information about his, his sister's murderer when in fact he's trying to figure out how much information actually exists about right. the fact that he killed his sister. Right. And I, you know, I still feel like Fitz is a gigantic hanging thread. He collected all these videos. He has this whole skeleton. He has all this information. And Allie comes back and he does not sell it. He does not, he's not going to get back with Arya. Mm-hmm. 
he, but you know, here's this guy who wanted to be a writer, and he has this book deal, and you know, there's an answer to the story now. Yeah. Why doesn't he? Why does he, keep why like is he just, it? Yeah, and why doesn't he like recognize that Ali has invented this fake story about being kidnapped? He knows she hasn't. Mm-hmm. He knows she's been out wandering around, like yeah. clearly, yeah. you know. And he just doesn't seem to have any agenda right now, which seems very strange after two years of complete fanatical devotion to pretending to be like a high school teacher so you could spy on kids all day. I can't imagine either that uh, him getting shot would would derail him this much. Like, oh, I learned my lesson. I got really hurt. It's yeah, like, he you knew what you're getting into. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't seem to really care. And he knows that Sean is dead anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like there's a threat. I, I don't know. I would like to see a, a more of a Fitz-centric episode and have him kind of get in his head a little bit because yeah. I feel like we haven't seen that. Right. Um, I mean, we saw it with his um, with Alex Mack. Yeah, oh, that's um, right. Who's not Alex, you know, who his, his, his ex and the child who ends up not being his, who he develops this relationship with. Mm-hmm. And that was something when we thought he could have been A, I thought that was really well done because it shows that he's not infallible as a mastermind, yeah. that he can have these elements in his life that he does not have any control over, that he doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. And when we find out that he's not A, then it just gets even worse because here's this guy who just, you know, gets put in this in this terrible, chaotic situation. Right. And I love when the show, you know, does things like that where it just says, Here's just some here's just some shit that happened <laughs> yeah. and you have to deal with it in a mm-hmm. mature way and try to, you know, grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think that's really what the show is about, is like how you you're going to have terrible things thrown at you and the question is, okay, how do you react to them? Right. You know, who do you trust? Who do you turn to? Mm-hmm. How do you move on? Yeah. Do we have anything else to cover with this episode? I think. Well, I said my favorite quote. Do you? You you did. I I really liked um, I liked the quote about Mona, mm-hmm. which I which I paraphrased somewhere. There was one shot. There were a couple of shots in this episode that I thought were really nice. There's the one at the end of Allie with the light of her laptop. It's glowing in her eyes, and it's a really tight-in shot of her face. And it mirrors this other shot of Arya staring at her computer, right. and she has a single tear come out of her eye, and it's like a, it's like a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball shot. <laughs> you know, it's, just very, it's very unusual for the show, mm-hmm. where we never see a character shot in like kind of that kind of aesthetic portrait way well that's why i think i mentioned that scene that was that it felt it felt different and odd and surreal when aria sitting in a computer lab um and of course and of course aria like the the one who still has the old crappy phone and still listens to her her old ipod shuffle and uh you know that she's like five years in the past uh, as far as like using the computer lab but um but yeah, the whole that whole scene felt really odd and touching, but odd, and it just was like I, I don't know. It was a really, it, it felt very different than what that show typically does. I think it's relevant that each of the girls goes to visit Allie and spends one on one time with her mm-hmm. and has a different experience, except Arya, who does not connect at all. Right. And you know, there have been theories that Arya was a that a lot of the bad things that happened to other characters kind of did not come her way. And I don't think at this point that she's really a candidate for that after we've seen what she's gone through with Fitz. But it was interesting to me that she was removed from the 
um, from the alley drama of this episode. Yeah. And she was she's still really dealing with her own obsession. And it's interesting that we're seeing the characters sort of set up with new challenges so that the show can extend longer than now that its central mystery is cleared up. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm still not totally sold on the idea that Shauna has been A for, you know, two seasons or whatever no. the hell. Like, that doesn't seem realistic to me at all. Even they're not, they, even they don't seem convinced of it. They're like, well, but remember, Shauna's A, so we're all fine. And they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they're, yeah. And, you know, I thought that the A stuff in season four, you know, they were getting stuff, Spencer's getting texts, or there was that one episode where she got drugs in her locker from A, and she's just like, ugh, that A, you know, <laughs> always always leaving drugs in my locker, and it was just, like, not a big deal. Mm. It was just like, all right, well, we're so used to this, like, whatever, what's this person even going to do? Yeah. So it just felt like the sort of terror, uh, the suspense, the shock of A faded a little bit, and it was like, what does this even mean then? Like, who is this character? What are even the goals? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it all just comes back to motivation, and I think for a lot of the characters, it's really unclear, which is why... I think Mona is is a, a really important and useful character, and um, why we need to concoct these weird theories about uh, incestuous Game of Thrones babies. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I think we already also covered what we thought was our favorite outfit. I think that has to go to Arya's hat. Yes, combination Arya's hat, Hannah's new hair. Hannah's new hair. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like the outfit that Hannah stole, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't approve of her going back to her old ways like that. No, so she doesn't get that award. Don't don't steal from the mall. Yeah. And that you know you know the show. The more we talk about it, like the more this this is a really really subtle and smart episode because Allie's dad says go buy whatever you want, and yeah. Allie goes to buy the new clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whereas Hannah doesn't do that she goes and steals you know so we have all these little interesting parallels in this episode in the way the other girls are like Allie and not like Allie and I I thought that was really interesting I think this is a terrific show I'm glad we're (laughs) talking about it in podcast form Um, and as you may have noticed we have a new theme song uh, brought to you by our friend Phil Nelson so good job Phil yeah, you can you can download the whole thing probably on on uh, rockblog.net. Uh, we have to we probably should clear that with Phil before we put the MP3 out into the world. Um, but yeah, check him out. Uh, he plays in a few bands that we will link to. Uh, thank you for listening to Pretty Little Grown Men. Tell your friends. Subscribe in iTunes. You know, get that good podcasting feeding going on. Yeah, and until next time. I know what you're keeping